To read or not to read? That is the dilemma in this week's podcast. Hi, I'm Adriana Cantesani. Thank you so much for joining me this morning and welcome to my podcast, Bilingualism, Teaching and Kids. All of my podcast episodes are taken from my YouTube videos. So if you prefer to watch video, then you can get the link in the description box next to this podcast. Grab yourselves a cup of coffee and enjoy the episode. Let's get rolling. You're an ESL teacher and you know that the kids you're teaching are able to read and write in their own language. So you figure it's okay to teach them to read and write in this new language, right? Well, actually it may be detrimental to their learning. So if you're interested in learning why, stick around. The first thing I want to clarify is that I'm not talking about kids that are growing up in the country that speaks the language that you're trying to teach. Obviously foreign children that are growing up in a foreign country will learn to read and write at the same time as they learn the oral language. And that is simply because they are immersed in that language. They go to school in that language. They hear that language with their friends on the playground, on TV. So the way they learn the language is actually quite different from someone who's taking a course. So I'm talking about kids that are learning a second language, okay? But they're not living in that country. So in my case, I live in Italy. My children are Italian. They're learning to speak English. I don't teach English to them. I'm sorry, I don't teach written English to them before the age of eight. When you think about it, reading and writing is the last thing that we learn to do. And it's a very complicated process. If you're interested in um, learning a little bit more about how we read and write, I do have a video about that. Not only is learning to read a complex, multi-step cognitive process, it also involves our active choosing of which strategy we're going to use to accomplish it. Cognitive strategies um, emerge between the ages of five and eight. And if you think about it, we use strategies, cognitive strategies for everything we do. Let's, let's take the example of math. I think that's something that everyone can relate to. When you're learning math and you're about five or six years old and you're in school, you learn to add. The first thing you add are your fingers. Children need to actively see and be able to count whatever it is they are adding, okay? So that's the first strategy they use when they need to count. As they progress and the numbers become larger, for example, 11 plus seven, well, we don't have 11 fingers, so I can't actively count 11 on my fingers. So children then develop a new strategy, which is holding 11 in my mind and then counting seven. So I've got 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, etc. Finally, my strategy becomes even more complex and I'm able to hold more than one number in my, in my mind. So I'm able to add numbers like 17 plus 52. But a young child that has just learned or is just learning to add can't add 17 plus 52. She needs to use numbers that fit on her 10 fingers because she only knows one strategy. She cannot move to a higher strategy until she's mastered the first. It's only after we master each step, each different strategy, can we then decide, oh, I'm gonna use this strategy. Oh, now I'm gonna use this other strategy. But in order for that to happen, I have to master the first strategy, then the second one, the third, and so on. So having the maturity 
to choose which strategy, which cognitive strategy to use is important to do math, but it's also important for reading. Take, for example, the English language. There are at least three strategies that we need in order to read. We have a phonetic strategy, so sounding things out. We have taking rules into consideration, spelling rules. For example, ladder is pronounced with a short A because it has a double consonant, whereas later is pronounced with a long A because it has a single consonant. We also have the strategy of reading whole words. Words like rough and cough and through and thora. They look the same, but they're pronounced completely different. So it's not about words being more or less complex or difficult or whatever word you want to use. It's about having the maturity, the intellectual maturity to choose your strategy. And that occurs usually at around age eight. Italian requires only one strategy to read, and that is phonetic strategy. And most of the kids that are six plus years of age come into my English is Fun classroom, and parents ask me, well, why aren't you working on reading and writing? You know, they can read perfectly in Italian. Well, of course they can, because in Italian, you only need one strategy. So again, it's not the language, it's are the children there yet intellectually? That's what you need to ask yourself. When we've got a group of children, we're going to have children that are developing at their own individual pace. So just because they are the same age doesn't mean they're at the same level intellectually. And just out of curiosity, are you guys working with children of different ages in the same class? Just let me know in the comments below because that's something that I tend to do and I'm wondering how many of you are doing the same. And because I'm working with different children um, and I don't know where they are intellectually, what I've found is that introducing reading and writing in the second language, L2, let's call it, can sometimes have a detrimental effect on L1. Take again my Italian children. If I have to teach them the word chin and show them how it's written, they would pronounce it keen because C-H-I, that is ch in English, in Italian is key. You can just imagine how much confusion it will be caused by teaching them that C-H-I is ch and their school teacher is teaching them that C-H-I is key, it's, it's really going to be messy. So sometimes actually learning to read a second language before they've had the ability to choose different strategies and before they've actually grounded their first language can be a problem. I'm not saying you shouldn't teach reading and writing. I'm just saying maybe you want to hold off a bit. Every child is unique and that has to be taken into consideration. So instead of focusing on reading and writing, focus on communicating orally first. Don't get too caught up in the race of achieving this or achieving that. When you're teaching kids, it's important to go at their pace, not yours. If you wanna download my fantastic icebreaker activities for a fantastic new lesson, first lesson with your kids, make sure to join my mailing list. You can also find that link in the um, description box. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week.